Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 148, and it is titled How to Understand the Female Mind with Alison Armstrong. So, you know, guys get a bad rap all the time about stuff like they don't read directions when they're putting anything together. Uh, Before we had cell phones, it was they won't stop and ask for directions. But I'm telling you, if you offered a guy a manual to how a woman's mind works, he will take it. And he will read it. He might skim a few things, but he will read it. (laughs) There's one thing that we all really want to know is what goes on in here? How do we deal with that, right? Every guy wants to know that. So we have a special guest on the show today who is going to help provide some insight into that. I'm really excited about it. So before I introduce today's guest, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. Our guest today is Alison Armstrong. She started her exploration of human behavior in 1991 with her decision to study men. What a great idea. Really was to find out how she was bringing out the worst in them and hopefully how to bring out the best. Her success in understanding men naturally led to studying women's behavior and making vital connections between the two. Armstrong distinguishes human instincts that compel both men and women to behave in ways that contradict and undermine our own purposes, goals, values, needs, and relationships. She offers partnership-based alternatives, giving millions of people access to more fulfilling lives, loving relationships, stronger families, and productive organizations. And if you haven't yet checked out Alison's work, you must do it. The Queen's Code, her book, Totally Changed my life and is still on the must read list of anyone studying with me. So welcome Alison to the Love Lab podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I I liked your um I liked your sponsor. <laughs> well, okay, what a way to kick off the show. That's right. <laughs> we get right in. My favorite part is always to watch the guests' face because they never know what's coming, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are going to dive right in. And honestly, this first question is a bit of a doozy, so I apologize for that. I don't normally ask such open ended questions, but I kind of felt like we needed to lay a little bit of of like common ground here so that we could then go from there like a little foundation and basically it is can you explain how the classic characteristics of men and women affect everything from attraction initiation follow through commitment and how they're different right so i know that's a gigantic question what i'm really seeking with that question is this Maybe you could just tell us a few basic key differences between men and women as it pertains to how they operate in relationship. Yes. Yes, I could do that. Um, And probably the most important thing to do is, um, you know, like in transformation, they talk about peeling the onion, right? You just keep peeling the onion and and it's the same and the same and the same and the same. It's a, and it's a new layer. And for me, um, I've been involved in transformation since I was 19 years old. So over 40 years and, and became a teacher and leader in various ways in my 20s. So... Um, when I brought the intention to transform my relationship to men forward in 1991, when my friend was called a frog farmer, um, which is awesome, right? A woman who brings out the worst in men instead of turning frogs into princes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, so what happened, Kevin, was I, and this is just really useful for people. So I started 
studying men, right? And and I had an opportunity to do that because I, you could call it coached. I coached three men at the time. And whenever they did something that surprised me, I would try to figure out why. And then when I thought I knew why, I would check with them, which if we just did this in relationship, we could transform everything. If my daughter and I transformed our relationship a couple of days ago because we just made a deal that we would verify with the other person what we had concluded about them. Right? Maybe I may have made this up about you. Let me know if this is true or not. And it, like, we have a whole new possibility just by this commitment, verify, verify. And that's what I did. I would come up with a theory about why they did what they did, and then I'd go to verify it. And in the beginning, I was always wrong. <laughs> always wrong. Yeah, always wrong. And not just a little bit wrong. Like, <laughs> one one time I I asked um, <laughs> his name is Brooke and I said did you do what you did last weekend because you didn't want to upset your mother and he said ew <laughs> ew no I would never do anything in order to not upset somebody and no self-respecting man would <laughs> and I was sitting there thinking Women do it all the time. <laughs> That's where that conclusion came from, right? Don't accept them, don't accept them. And, I, and then after I realized, oh, I'm projecting my motivations onto not just him, but to all men, better examine that. Luckily, I got curious, right? So when I found out I was totally wrong, I was like, so why did you do it? And I got a lesson in, in duty. And, and as a son, it doesn't matter his mother's reaction. It doesn't matter positive or negative that he holds himself to account for fulfilling his duty as a son. And one of his duties is to help his mother. And that's why he did that this, that weekend, even though he really didn't want to. Right? And that was that was one of the first of thousands of who are these people, <laughs> and and so so the first however many years were just probably ten years all about men all about men, but going why didn't I why didn't I know that why doesn't anybody know this oh because women think of this oh because women do this oh because women look at it this way oh because women project this under men right so that was probably the first decade. And then the second decade was me realizing that as long as men didn't understand women, men were going to keep bringing out the worst in women, just like women bring out the worst in men. And that especially our graduates were trying so hard to bring out the best in their men and support their men and be amazing with their men that they really needed the kindness, right? The, the generosity of men not doing the things that were going to guarantee to bring out the worst in women and start doing the things that could bring out the best. And so, so then I more like focused on the translation, right? How do I translate who a woman is into a man's way of thinking? And at that time, I knew enough about men to be able to do it, which was awesome. <laughs> But we also found out that women didn't know why women do what they do. <laughs> and I, that, yeah. And, and, I, and I found out men don't know why they do what they do. That we not only don't understand each other, we don't even understand ourselves. And, and that's actually where we have to start. Because until we understand why we do what we do, and I have an important caveat to this, until we understand that, we won't protect what brings out the best in us. We won't guard against what brings out the worst in us. Um, we won't model for others, this is how you love me. This is how you respect me, right? We, we leave everybody clueless until we're clear. And, and then basically like the last five years has been about what isn't male and female, right? So it started about 10 years ago, what isn't masculine and feminine? 
What is something else entirely? And then what isn't male and female? What's actually, as you peel the onion, where are we getting down to human instincts? Right? So there's, so as near as I can tell, there's human instincts, which covers about 80% of it. Then there's what testosterone and estrogen do to our brains and our emotions. And that's, you know, another 10% of it. And then there's whether we're in a committed state of mind, an open state of mind, and that accounts for like eight more percent of it. And maybe one or two percent is personal. Maybe it's because of your upbringing. Maybe it's because of your ethnicity. Maybe your birth order. Maybe your sun sign. Maybe your religion. Maybe your socioeconomic. Maybe says maybe your, you know, like this teeny tiny percentage is personal. But if you, if you look, you know, if I started this, you know, down at the smallest part of the onion is being human. That's how we normally relate to it. That the biggest part of what we do to explain our own behavior is I'm this way, right? Or you're that way because your dad, you know, or you're just like your dad. Like we, I call it false cause. And, and that's what has us like, like we're just, we're chasing our tails because we're not even looking at the real source of our behavior, which when you see it, and start to connect the dots, it makes so much sense. And it's and it's funny. <laughs> do you know? <laughs> it's really funny why we do what we do. And the adjustments, little tweaks we can make to have our lives be so much better just by seeing this one thing, you know. And um Celine, you were talking about the Queen's Code. What what happened to Kimberly? just by seeing single focus, right? Just, just, by, just by starting to, there's this thing called single focus, like they're focused on something, right? Um, right? Or, or listening, right? Listening to learn or waiting for the well, just listen a little bit longer because men commit themselves to the question and go looking for the answer and us rephrasing and then giving them multiple choices is so frustrating makes them give up right <laughs> so yeah so i just you wanted a foundation the foundation starts with being human and that and that we're we're part of the animal kingdom and we have instincts to survive and and we're going to be at our worst when we perceive a threat or an opportunity, which quickly turns into a threat because you might blow it. And, and then, of course, you've got fight, flight, and freeze reactions to that. But basically, all the worst in human behavior, male and female, is going to start by, by perceiving a threat. And, I mean, we've seen that on steroids during COVID, right? And that... Mostly men and women have perceived different threats and stuck in the same household, unable to agree on what the real threat is. Mm. And so you've got one person watching the stock market and somebody else walking around with disinfectant. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so if we, if you just start with that and then that safety, when a man experiences being safe, you're going to get the very best of it. And when a woman experiences being safe, you're going to get the very best of them. And then the problems begin because we tend to have opposite things that make us feel safe. And so we're constantly aggravating the other person's sense of safety and getting the results of that. Yeah. So there's, there's so many pieces in what you just said. <laughs> I was, I was about halfway through, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to summarize a couple of those things. Cause I want to like drive it home with the audience, but now there's just too many of them. I can't, I can't even, <laughs> basically we've established that the, there are, there are things that are the same for all of us. And then there are things that are very different, not only between men and women, but between every individual. And so I think that's kind of our foundation, right? Because Except for every individual is the smallest part. Right. It really is the smallest part. Most women, most of the time, most men, most of the time, fair to say. Okay. Those gender things are fair to say. 
So in your opinion, what do you think is the number one thing that a woman wants and needs? The number one thing is to feel safe. Mm -hmm. And emphasis on the word feel. Which causes problems. <laughs> yeah, we need to feel safe in our bodies, in our brains. We need to feel that we're safe. And most men, most of the time, are paying attention to, based on the information that I trust, are we factually safe? <laughs> so a woman is freaked out, scared because she's in the passenger seat while her husband or boyfriend or father or son is zipping through traffic. She does not feel safe and she may be having a fight response, <laughs> which is easy to notice. She might have a freeze response <laughs> or flight. Let me out of here. And she might leave physically or just mentally she's just <laughs> trying to get out of there but to the man driving who the difference in his ability to the faster an object is moving the greater the difference between a man and a woman's ability to track it so men and women don't have the same vision you guys can track and we can find because we already know where it is, because we notice everything that's out of place. <laughs> we, we notice everything that's out of place, because this is my meadow, and something's out of place. Who moved it? Is it a dangerous critter that moved that? <laughs> Who put that there? Who took that from there? Like, we, we're cave women, and we're in our meadow, and wait, only a bear could knock over a tree. Where's the bear? Is the bear still here? Am I going to die? Whereas a man, if you're like... How you're driving is scaring me. When was the last time I hit anybody? <laughs> <laughs> like, factually, you're going to play the stats. You never have. Okay. Yeah. End I, of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a huge, huge point that you just made, which is there's, there's the perception of the event, and then there's the facts of the event. The men tend to focus on the facts. The women tend to focus on the perception, or what the word you used was more feeling. But wait a second, because, because facts are also what you perceive as a fact. A fact is information from a trusted source. <laughs> and huge thing in life we don't trust the same sources we read net different we watch different news shows we read different magazines we you trust your father and i don't right i like i you trust my mother and i don't right so a fact is information from a trusted source and this kevin is one of the ways that women really, um, we shoot ourselves in the foot all the time because we prove to the men in our lives that we are not a trusted source of information. We, bec we become unbelievable. May I give you an example? Yes, please. I was going to ask for one. <laughs> <laughs> well, like a woman says, I'm so tired. And, and her husband may say, I'll put the kids to bed. You go sleep. And she's like, oh, thank you. And then she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't go to sleep. She finishes the dishes. She <laughs> calls somebody on the phone. She curls up with a book, which is actually a way to put her brain to bed. Um, but she says she needs something and then doesn't follow through on it. And I, I've never seen you do that. <laughs> <laughs> and men don't know that we don't follow through because of how the way estrogen affects the brain it's a, our environments are commanding us they're ordering us around they're telling us all the 
time things to do. Right. I have to get the vacuuming done when I keep telling you, this is awful, the house, I can't stand it. And he to. doesn't understand that. Well, no, no, no it's so not he that doesn't I... understand it. <laughs> It's not that I don't understand that. I just prioritize differently, right? Because I look at it and I go, okay, you're overworked, you're tired, you're stressed out. There's four other things that are more important than vacuuming the floor. I'm like, screw the floor. The floor can wait, right? But that's, that's again... Because you don't know the floor is stressing her out. Right. Oh, I know no. it. But... <laughs> no, you actually don't. Or you would vacuum the floor. <laughs> well, and some, you, sometimes I do. You, do it, you would you would be like, oh, she's pretty frazzled. I'm gonna vacuum the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I really want to make love to my wife tonight. I'm gonna go make the bed. In that case, I make sure I do those things. Exactly. <laughs> 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 That's funny. But it's but honestly, if they were done more regularly, women would just be more receptive. Of course. To being intimate because it's so hard to, it's funny to explain this to them. When I first started explaining to men about men being single focused, that most men, most of the time are committed to a result, a goal, a destination, they're, even a good nap. They're committed to it. They're hunting that deer down. And most women, most of the time are uncommitted. Estrogen creates what I call diffuse awareness. It goes in every direction, and it's what allows us to maintain a sense of connection while also washing the dishes, while also keeping an eye of something on the stove, or maybe checking our email because we have to do something in our business. Our minds, they're built to multitask for survival. We got to be able to look out for the bear and watch the kids and get the berries all at the same time. And... And, and when I first started explaining this to men, they're like, okay, so women, so men are single focused and women are multifocused. No, <laughs> that's the hardest thing to realize. Imagine no focus. Imagine an inability to prioritize. Imagine things get pri prioritized by How big or loud is it? How much is it in my face? How many times have I tripped over it? Um, just something for men to know. Women's strength is in their pelvis. So not our shoulders. So for us to be powerful, coordinated, run from the tiger, we actually need a clear path. We, we need to not trip on things. We need to not have to step over things that put us off balance. You guys, your strength is in your chest and your arms. When you have something at your pelvis, it's heavy. You get it up above your diaphragm and you go, <laughs> it's like, well, this is light. And you step over things and kick things. And you can do all kinds of things with your pelvis because you're holding the weight in your shoulders. I train so my pelvis my, a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just if you if we, we can see our environments from the point of view of what if I had to run <laughs> what if I had to get out of here fast what would be a threat and all those things on the floor are a threat I'm gonna die I'm gonna trip and fall and the tiger will eat me and we don't think this consciously It's just stressing us out, as you said. It's nagging at us at a very primal level. And the same thing happens to a man when he's not producing results. How many times can I fail before I lose the respect of the people that I depend upon to invite me to a big hunt, right? To invite me to a bigger result. How many times can I fail before they don't invite me anymore? So he's not being productive the way he thinks he's supposed to be. And he's getting more and more afraid, but he won't articulate that way. Mm -hmm. Is this helping? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could dive into that, but I actually want to move along to a couple of more questions because we have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. And we're going to never have I enough time. 
I know. So what? basically what I'm saying is I'm, I'm biting my tongue because I do want to talk about that particular thing a little bit more, but I, I don't want to get lost in that that fact. So I'm going to let the, I'm going to let the listeners digest that piece <laughs> and then, and then we'll move along. Um, the, the next question, actually there was, there was a perfect moment in what you were saying where I was like, Oh, see, you're leading us right into the next question, which basically was, why does it always seem so hard for men to give women what they need? One, because most women will never tell you what you need just as most men will never tell women what they need um, unless they consider it a fact. <laughs> men need this. Then it's okay to say it. I personally need it. Not okay to say it. That's revealing a weakness. Um, so women mostly won't ever say what they need. And, and then men have this, <laughs> this it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I am an extremely, I am an excessively logical person. And if what a woman says she needs doesn't make sense to him, <laughs> he is likely to invalidate it and he won't do it, even though it would make the hugest difference. And one of the most important examples of that is saying, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings. That is one of the hardest things for anybody to say, but especially men, because they're stuck in the logic of how could I have hurt your feelings if I didn't intend to hurt your feelings? How could I have hurt your feelings if I didn't reach out and punch you in the chest? Um, I didn't hurt your feelings because clearly what hurt your feelings is why you think I did that, not that I did that. So you're hurting your own feelings over there. So why should I say, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings. Best I can do is I'm sorry, your feelings are hurt, which actually doesn't work. They hurt the magic words. <laughs> they aren't. I'm sorry, your feelings got hurt. <laughs> She's mad. Fuck you. you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. I don't yeah. We swear for accuracy. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, it just as Kevin, it's really, really, it's almost impossible, but it's not impossible because I've done it for a woman to say to a man, I'm sorry, I disrespected you because she'll look in her body for a feeling of disrespect. And if I have no feeling of disrespect in my body, how could I have disrespected you? Again, that thing of intent, right? Intent, feeling. So you're over there all bent because I just activated your survival instinct because if you're not disrespected, you, if you're not respected, you're going to die. Uh, then, but I can't apologize because I didn't feel any disrespect. So what's your problem that you're disrespecting? I just rented a Mitsubishi. <laughs> <laughs> when you said I should rent a Ford, like what's the BFD here, right? And and it goes back to women ask men for their opinion and have no idea what they just asked for or him, his willingness to give it what it meant. They have no idea how huge it is. And then we don't do what you tell us and we've disrespected you. But how can I have disrespected you? I didn't feel disrespectful. So... Yeah, women, men have a terrible time giving women what they need because A, we don't tell you, and B, when we do, you don't believe us. All right. That was and actually a great C, answer. Yeah, and C, we don't respond with a consequence. And not a punishment. We There's no consequence that has someone understand, oh, that was real. Which is how we again become unbelievable as sources. So we may tell you what we need, but since we don't follow up, we must not really need it. So we're unbelievable. So why sh what you say is not a fact. Why should I act on it? Mm. Boy, we are complicated as humans. <laughs> we are. We are. It's brutal. It's brutal. And that's why I mean, it's actually good news that it's not personal. You know, and you know this, what if, what if there's nothing wrong with you? Mm -hmm. what, what if you're doing the best you can with the information you have? What if no one's misbehaving? What if there's nothing wrong with you? 
what if being human is just a really, really tough gig? <laughs> like next lifetime, I'm going to be a horse or a sea turtle. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to pause for just a moment to do a message from our sponsor, which this week happens to be me. <laughs> <laughs> So guys, do you know what makes a man great? You know, the kind of masculine man that women are irresistibly attracted to and want. Is it money, job title, physical body? Is it because he's great in bed? Is it because he has a big penis or maybe maybe an even bigger wallet? <laughs> what if you don't have all those things or what if you only have some of them? What if you've had a string of failed relationships and are embarrassed by your bedroom skills, doubt whether you can rise to the occasion, worry about lasting long enough, or are always stuck in the friend zone? If that sounds like you who are listening, then I can help you. For the first time in years, I'm actually opening up my private coaching practice. It's been mm, five years, I think, since I've coached clients by myself. Usually I coach with my amazing wife here, Celine, but it's time to to step out and step up and try to help the men because I see them floundering all over the place and they need help. So (laughs) if if, uh, that sounds like you and you're ready to make some big changes in your life, then to find out more, please go to celineremy.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. That is where you can find out about working with me and set up a call so we can talk. So, Alison, I want to bring it to the bedroom because I think a lot of men are like, they don't really know what do their women want? How can I give her what she needs? And it's like super confusing. What's the probably the one thing they need to do if they want to get more sex? <laughs> um, I'm going to say it in a particular way. Help women feel safe. I'm not saying make women feel safe because as a man, you cannot make her feel safe. Ultimately, a woman has to choose her own safety. Instinct is is never safe enough. Um, But you can help her feel safe. And our Understanding Women online course is all about that. How to have a woman help her feel safe, how to help her feel safe when she's um, in what we call hunting mode, where she's producing results, or how to help her feel safe when she's in gathering mode, she, she's open. And even how do you support her in having enough sex when she's in hunting mode? It's a completely different set of things she needs versus when she's in a gathering mode and she's open and connected. Um, and there's there are things that men do that you don't know the effect they have on us. Um, and I would invite everyone, um, it's right on our homepage. It's free. It's um, 30, a 30-minute 30 excerpt from our Understanding Women course. And it just dramatically demonstrates safety for men versus women in, in, in a way that you, you could get it in your bones and realize how important this is to understand. But one of the ways that it distilled, Kevin, was... I asked women what has them feel safe. And I asked women what what do men do that's romantic and has them want to sleep with them? Exact same things. Exact same things. He puts his hand on my back when we cross the street, depending on the relationship, how low was the hand? Right? might be in the middle of her back. <laughs> if it's a new one, you're just guiding her across the street. I got you, right? Gets lower as you go along. Um, incredibly sexy thing for women, for a man to do that. And just this big <sighs> sigh, the guard comes down. She's, she's opening up her mind and her heart and the legs follow. And, um, and it combines with a perception of strength. So women are attracted to and turned on by a perception of strength. And all those things you listed, Kevin, it's not them in themselves. It's that they're perceived as a form of strength, that money is a form of strength. Status is a form or position is a form of strength. 
physical size is a form of strength. Intellect is a form of strength. And honestly, the universal form of strength that any man, any age, any size, any anything can have that gets the heart of the matter of what women need is integrity. When you say what you mean and you mean what you say, you're awesome and I want to do you now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Integrity is a huge one. And that was even something that came up early on in in our relationship, Um, even before we were together because we were friends for a long time. And when my girlfriend at the time and you were having some communications and she was being rather difficult to deal with, (laughs) your whole thing was, look, I need you to be in integrity and stand up for what's really happening here. And that was a huge thing for you at that time. I passed the test. (laughs) I mean, it's like the thing about the bad boy, right? The women are attracted to a bad boy only because it's perceived as a kind of integrity that he's not going to kowtow, right? Um, <laughs> House MD, if you remember that TV show, right? An ornery rascal, way sexy, his own integrity. Um, when a woman is accusing you of things that she are her projections of a woman's motivations onto you, and you're like, um, I really care about you, and I'm not going to entertain this conversation because it's not true. So when you're truly interested in why I did that, then we'll, then we'll talk. And you walk away or you hang up the phone. Wait a second. For us, we know we're our worst enemy. We know we're full of shit. We know we have crazy reactions. We know we're emotional and it screws things up. When you can be like, darling, you're wonderful and no. Oh my gosh, you can save me from me? (laughs) I'm my worst enemy and you can save me from me? Okay, can I, excuse me, can I keep you? (laughs) Will you you be mine? Um, Lady, she said it, not me. (laughs) So, that would be the beginning. I'm going to be quiet. What do you want to ask next? Oh, we've got more. <laughs> well, I think you give a great example, and and I always do say that that I may not like it when you say no, but you saying no to me makes me respect you and want you more. And men sometimes they don't always understand that because they're like, oh, well, she's not going to be happy. I say no, and I'm like, yes, maybe not for a second, but for the long term, you are going to be the winner. Like that's where you need to be. So I love that you brought that up as an example. I was curious if you had maybe uh, a piece of advice or a something to do for to men to instantly improve their relationship today. And I was especially thinking about the men who are in a relationship where they have more of what we call that reverse polarity, where she wears the pants. And so now they're starting to see that she has maybe taken more of the power and he's in that place where he knows he needs to step it up. Like what are some of the things that he can do right now? I was doing fine until you said power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a power move. Um, so if we can set that aside. In this theme, I would, and even if you're not in a relationship, ask your sister, ask your mother, ask the women you work with, um, what, do, what do I do that helps you to feel safe? And what do I do that has you feel unsafe? And take notes. It, it, it'll keep you from interrupting and going, what? <laughs> and that can oh, that's ridiculous. Um, for example, men raise their voices. And I mean, men yelling, men among my, men yelling, it's nothing. A man yelling around a woman is terrifying. Raise your hand, raise your voice, or raise your voice, raise your hand. That's what we think. First you raise your voice, then you're going to raise your hand. We're we're the weaker and smaller gender. We're accustomed to being hurt by men physically. It starts with our brothers. Do you know? Um, so safety is a. It's not just emotionally or mentally. It's 
physical threats. It's a physical fear. And, and there are things that men do. My, my husband would just curse out the computer. And it didn't do what he wanted, and the internet didn't what he wanted. He 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 would get so mad, and I would have a primal reaction to that anger, even though he never, ever physically touched me in anger, ever. Right, twenty eight years, ever. It didn't matter. I still had the same reaction because it had nothing to do with him. So you could ask that question and. And the answer to how can I have you, um, how can I help you feel safe will be the same answer as what's romantic to you, if it's that context. How can I help you be more protect, productive in your job? Women are productive when they feel safe. When they don't, they're rattled, they're scattered, they can't, they can't focus, they can't get things done. Common sense goes out the window. Like, it's just... It's asking your mom, you know, what do I do that helps you feel safe? You're going to find out how to have a brilliant Mother's Day, Father's Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, because if mom feels safe, mom's going to be amazing. And, and mostly we keep people in a state of agitation, uh, of fear. We, we do that without intending to. Yeah, and you know, I completely agree on the on the topic of safety, and you know, maybe we should do a, a another show on this at some point in the future because we we've we've skimmed on it a little bit here and there, and we've given a few examples, but I think it's really important for men to understand that what we think of safety may not be the same thing as what women think as safety, right? This is exactly what you said way back in the beginning of the show, which is... Feeling safe. Feeling safe, yeah, because as, a, as you pointed out, as a guy, I'm going to be like, well, I, I got the best locks on the door, you know, like, I, I know how to fight, like, we're safe, like, all is good, which is not at all what she's thinking when she's think, thinking she needs to feel safe. So, yeah, I think at some point we should d- dive deeper into what makes a woman feel safe and how men can really help facilitate that, because it's a huge topic. And in the meantime, ask your woman and ask the women in your life as a great starting point. I love also that many times a lot of your recommendations, Alison's, were to to just be open-minded. We always talk about not being a Jedi mind reader because you, you don't know, right? And you can't always assume. And so just asking and showing up and being vulnerable and being like, hey, like, I'm willing to hear. I'm willing to listen. Like, this is a huge step. And, and that's a great first step for sure. Yeah, we had some more questions around communication styles and differences, but we unfortunately do not have time to get into them. Maybe we'll have to have <laughs> you on again. We do, however, have one last question. <laughs> Before that, I want to make sure that people can find more of you. Where can they go to have more of your work? Because you have a whole course on understanding women. It's 11 hours. So our 45 minutes show is not going to cover everything that they can learn. But where can they learn more? Well, if you go to alisonarmstrong.com, um, there are courses on for understanding men, understanding women, sex and intimacy, love and commitment. Um, there are advanced courses, being extraordinary as a man or as a woman, which is really how do you set up your life to bring the best out of yourself. Um, and I mean, there's so much, there's free stuff there that people can read or watch or listen to. Um if you're a man and you've ever been accused by a woman of being unhealthy, it's a really nasty thing that women say. Um, on our free stuff, we have something called Unhealthy Men, this, The Secrets of Early Detection. And it's worded that way to cap, like to attract women who are just convinced all men are unhealthy, which is not true, <laughs> which is... Basically, it distinguishes these are the actual things that are unhealthy and you should stay away. Do not attempt to rehabilitate. Do not give them a second hand. <laughs> All the rest of the things you think are unhealthy are just men needing what men need. So <laughs> get, get on board. Um, so it sounds funny to recommend that to men, but I do. Um, we have another thing called uh, why you can't trust men to tell the truth. Um, AKA how you teach honest men that it's not 
important. <laughs> um, because women think men lie, and we actually train men to lie. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of good stuff there. And the Queen's Code is there and Keys of the Kingdom and Amazing About Men, all that good stuff. Mm. Awesome stuff. You got to check it out. So we'll have the link in the description. We have our very last question to Alison that we love to ask every guest on our show. Oh, Tell us about okay. what is your best sexual talent? <gasps> <laughs> She's blushing, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would say, <laughs> I would say that my best sexual talent, <laughs> my best sexual talent would be presence. I am kissing on kissing. <laughs> Makes me an amazing kisser because mm. I, I, all my attention is on the kissing. The mouth, the kissing, all the parts, all the everything that could be done just with that face. <laughs> That's a great answer. It's actually uh, a huge. And I'm gonna ask my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> presence is a master skill, so that was a good answer. <laughs> It, it really is. I mean, because a, a lot of people, they don't get it. They're like, if a guy is kissing a woman because he's thinking about how he can get to the next base or whatever, right? And he's not being present on, on where he's at. So it really is a master skill. It's something that, that we teach. And I'm glad to hear that you, that you not only teach, but you've mastered. <laughs> well, can I tell you something really cool? Absolutely. It's, it, it's not a master skill. Well, I mean, it may be a master skill, but um, it's the warmer, colder, hot game. Mm-hmm. Did you play the warmer, colder, hot game when you were a kid? Yes. So the thing about the warmer, colder, hot game is, right, you have you have someplace you want the person to get to, right? And they don't know where it is. And they have to take a risk to get a clue, right? So they make a move. And then you say warmer or colder, right? Or from where they began, where they were right before then, are they closer to it? Warmer? Are they further away? Colder. And the and then they take another step. They have to take another risk, right? And then they get another clue. And they take another risk and they get another clue. And the more risks they take and the more clues they get, the faster they get to hot, <laughs> right? And in sex, we need to play the warmer, colder hockey. <laughs> And, and if you think about it as a child, it wasn't warmer. Oh, colder, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's just, they're just equal emotion, lack of emotion, just warmer, colder, warmer, colder. They're just facts. Colder, well, there's a cliff over there, right? When we give each other cold clues, it's a kindness. Honey, there's a cliff over there. That colder, colder, right? Warmer, warmer, and and we got to give up the hot. A lot of people will never say, "Oh my gosh, that it was hot!" And so people were hot, and they didn't even know they were hot because nobody told them. And what I love about what I love about Dan is we were trying something new because venture buddies. We were trying something new, and in the middle, he 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 says, "Okay, stop a minute." <laughs> so how's this going for you? and i mean i god i fell in love with him again because because so much of sex right is if something seems to be working don't stop it for anything keep going because then you're gonna get there right and and dance you know tommy pleasure for pleasure's sake there's no place to get to and and so you know, something's really pleasurable and then we like stop. <laughs> so how's it going for you? And well, this, this is like this and this is like this. And so we're giving warmer, colder clues right in the middle of something that no one else would ever interrupt. And then he loves it. I call, I call it the, I call it the post game show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it might be immediately afterwards. It might be the next day, but there's the post game show. You're like, oh, so when you did this, mm-hmm. and when you did that, oh, and that, yeah, 
well, I didn't want to interrupt you at the time, but, and, and we literally coach each other and give each other a lot of clues and a lot of encouragement and we make it really safe. And okay, how can we do better next time? And I mean, I, I swear within, I told him that I told people this yesterday, it was funny, but it's true. We probably had clocked maybe 15 naked hours. <laughs> if you want to measure that way. And we were already each other's best love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, because of all the clues and this risk and the safety. Just like such such attention to acceptance of the other person and what does it for them. Well, whatever that thing you were thinking of as the example in your head, it must have been good because you were blushing again. (laughs) (laughs) I will also say you hit on exactly why we named our podcast the Love Lab Podcast, because our bedroom is literally our lab, and we do the same thing all the time, which is literally right in the middle of what we're doing. Wait a minute. How did you do that? That was amazing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we do the post game too a lot. And that definitely keeps things juicy and keep things going because everybody feels good when you're appreciated and rewarded and like celebrated. And then you get to remember the great sex and the great moves. So you want more of it. So it really works. (laughs) (laughs) Alison, it has... So it has been a pleasure having you on today's show. Thank you so much for sharing openly. We enjoyed it very much. <laughs> awesome. I, I, I take one for the team regularly. Watch Understanding Women. You will see Allison show men why women rarely say, and then I made him come. <laughs> All right. See, you will see me physically acting out a man when he's decided to go for home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll throw myself under the bus. (laughs) You know, that's what we do here on the show, too. By dissecting our entire sex life on the air, we do it to help you, the listener. (laughs) All right, everybody. That's all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab Podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>